You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we had a fascinating episode last week on the Paracast. The one and only, the irrepressible Don Ecker was here. In fact, our co-host this week, Mark Jackson, had some interactions with Don in our forums. And what was that about? Well, as as Don went through his reasoning for what I'm just sort of, I'd roughly described to him and based on what he had told our audience is a sort of cyclical uh, civilization that we have. And he was sort of laying out a unified theory of how you could fold in, you know, UAPs with potentially remnant civilizations, etc., um, from post-cataclysms and the cyclical nature of cataclysm. So what I tried to help Don do was realize the first part is that I wanted to establish, yes, this, what he was describing in terms of this cyclical demise of, of all species on Earth, for that matter, not just humans, is a valid thing, at least scientifically. We know this through geologic and uh, astrological you know, data, records, and the like. He went out on a branch in terms of speculation, and I kind of led him over to the Adam and Eve story and, and in the forum, et cetera. And, and the audience can go there to kind of follow and see the way that unfolded a little bit. You know, in general, he basically laid out, albeit a little bit in the peripheral or out of focus, sort of a, a unified theory on all of this uh, cyclical civilization stuff, for example, that you might get out of Graham Hancock and some of those guys. And he was tying in the UAP thing. So it was really kind of a Herculean effort on Don's part to tie this all together, which is pretty awesome. So I encourage the audience to go back and listen to Don make this case, then go to the forum. And I, I just added some evidence, uh, more specifically, some case studies on parts, which he brought up in support of the cyclical, you know, humanoid civilization thing. So, yeah, there's some science in there and, and there's just good stuff. So you guys go in there. If you listen to Don's show, it's really interesting to see the exchange between the two of us. It's good stuff, though. You can find us if you go to theparacast.com slash forum or forum.theparacast.com. Very easy to sign up. And by the way, once you sign up to our forums, you can then also join the Paracast Plus. Okay? Because it's just basically, it's an expansion or an upgrade to your forum membership to get Paracast Plus. Isn't that simple? Let me ask you a question, Jan Harzan from MUFON. Do you guys ever get into ancient cataclysms, ancient astronauts, stuff like that? We, we do sometimes get things reported to us, but for the vast majority of what we do is just taking sighting reports from the public and investigating them. So we get 500 or 1,000 reports a month, and it's full-time just trying to chase those down. Are we expecting a rise in those numbers, Jan, uh, based on the flurry of articles that have been distributed to the worldwide audience at this point? I mean, how do you guys at well, MUFON... We- do you guys see yeah. big upticks after these sort of uh, announcements, et cetera? We don't see big upticks. We might see a 10 or 15% increase. And typically what comes out is that people who've watched a show or seen a news program might decide to report an, an, an old sighting. So the, the typical uh, sightings that happen today and get reported tomorrow are about five to 6,000 a year. And then we have another one to 2,000 that get reported that are we would call... Um, they're delayed. I mean, they're, they're basically uh, past history, maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, even 40 years ago. So people finally found out there's a place they can report their, their, their sighting and they come to MUFON and, and 
uh, give it to us for uh, informational purposes. Jan, in terms of uh, a reference or uh, some sort of starting point for the audience, five to 6,000 cases a year, you know, do you guys normally see uh, increases in activity during these sort of things? You said 10 to 15%. So, you know, that's like 500 cases or something. That's considerable. How do you, do you guys take a certain amount of skepticism into the field with you or is it just business as normal for that extra 10 or 15%? Well, well we always take a high degree of skepticism into the field. I mean, we, we start with the thought that we can explain what was been seen. It's only when we've exhausted all possibilities that we mark it as an unknown in our database. But there is a seasonality to, 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 to UFOs. I mean, we see a high point in July, August, September. Yes. Yeah, so what we see here is kind of a, a sine wave. In other words, we uh, notice that we have more sightings in the summertime, June, July, August, September timeframe, and fewer in the wintertime, November, December, January, and February. Um, and it's kind of runs like a sine wave. So if you look at like when a show goes on, uh, like, like the new Unidentified or like the Project Blue Book, um, that tends to get people to go to their computers and report a UFO. And we'll find out that we get uh, cases that were made, might have happened in the 50s or 60s or 70s uh, being reported to us. So in any given year, we get five or 6,000 from that year. That means a case happened today and it gets reported tomorrow kind of a thing. But we also see you know, one to 2,000 cases that, that are uh, delayed. We call delayed cases people who are reporting things after years of having seen it. Now, some of us purists, as they say, will remark about the fact that some of these reality shows may compress facts. They're not 100% accurate. They're going more for the entertainment. And, of course, we have Project Blue Book, which was a sci-fi show. Does right. that hurt the ability of getting accurate information from people, do they understand the distinction? This is not reality, but if you have something real, tell us. Yeah, I don't think so. I, th I think it actually uh, helps in a little bit in terms of getting the message out. Um, if you just take uh, boring cases and, and grind through them, you don't get the same viewership as you do if you dramatize it. And of course, Project Blue but was a dramatization of... Uh, J. Allen Hynek and his, his work, his great work he did with Project Blue Book and the Air Force. Um, and it was a well-received show. I think it's number two in its uh, category uh, across the board. So I expect they'll see a second season here uh, if they haven't already been given that. So uh, I think that helps us, actually, because it gets people to do it. Now, when people report, they report what they've seen, uh, what they've seen. They, they, we, we get a couple hoaxes, but very few. It's three to five percent in that range. Uh, the vast majority of people just tell us the facts, uh, what they saw, where they saw it, how they saw it, what it did, uh, where they first observed it, where they last observed it. And that's all the data, data that and you know, about 200 other data points we collect on each report, which helps go into our database and becomes a research file for, for uh, scientists and engineers and researchers to look into. Would you say that the release of the Blue Book show uh, so closely, you know, then followed up by the... Uh the unidentified program. Are you guys anticipating um, that folks are going to start blurring the lines between this uh, sort of, you know, uh, reality show and this blue book show? I, I don't believe so. I, I mean, I think okay. the blue book show, it, it, what's, there's a whole, you got to realize, I don't know, 60, 70, maybe even more percent of the people on this planet weren't alive back when project blue book was in, in, in force. Many of them don't even know what a project blue book is. So, 
we're doing a little bit of a ed- catch-up education, uh, in a sense, uh, through the Project Blue Book uh, television show. And I, I think that's good. It's getting people interested in the subject, um, making them more aware that there's stuff going on even currently. Um, I think that's where you transition over to Unidentified, which is talking about things happening today. So um, you've got something from 50 years ago that the military followed up on. Now you've got a program today, what the military is doing today or has been doing up until some point in time. Um, and of course, that's starting to get a little blurred because there's people out there trying to put this information into the field. But um, I think it's all positive. I think it's it's great that uh, people are getting a chance to see this and learn about it, uh, particularly the younger people who didn't grow up with UFOs as part of their um, you know part of their memory. Now, a couple of things sort of disturbed me about the coverage of this Pentagon UFO study, and I'll get to that in our next segment because we only have a few seconds left. And I want to also give a special thank you, a shout to Jan Harzan. This is the second time he's done this. He came onto the show very, very short notice after our scheduled guest had to be postponed. And of course, that's part of how these things work. Sometimes people's schedules change, things happen, but it worked out okay. And we're glad that Jan is here now. Mark Jackson is our co-host this week. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Warning! If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. 
This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in this free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call them toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. I'm Holly Thomas, Group Vice President of Cause Marketing for Macy's. Every baby deserves the best possible start, but not all babies get one. March of Dimes is changing that. You can help us lead the fight for the health of all moms and babies. Join me and Macy's to March for Babies. Let's raise funds and be champions for families near and far. Together, we are building a brighter future. Sign up for Macy's team today at marchforbabies.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Mark Jackson, our guest co-host this week. Randall is taking the night off. Jan Harzan of MUFON is here. And, of course, we're focusing on not just the new UFO shows, but about the new things reported about UFOs. Now, one thing I kind of noticed in the way the coverage was slanted towards this Pentagon UFO study, as if the government had never, ever looked into UFOs before, they seem to have forgotten or maybe they don't do their research, that there was a Project Blue Book and all this other stuff that went down. What's your perception of that? I think it's called 50 years. <laughs> you know, it's mm. uh, the Project Blue Book happened 50 years ago, and the Air Force did its best to get out of the business back in 1969. You know, that's when MUFON was founded, actually about six months before they actually closed Project Blue Book. But I think it's, it's just we're now in modern times. We've got a whole generation, two generations, maybe three, have grown up without UFOs in their, in their vernacular. Um, so we're kind of playing catch up, if you will. And I think it's going to take some time. I don't think this is going to be a slam dunk just because you've got guys from the Pentagon and the Congress and scientists out there saying this is real now. I don't know that the vast majority of the public is just going to jump on board. I think a good portion of the public will jump on board, but I think in any kind of a change like this, this is a, this is a mer- major paradigm shift for this planet. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a few laggards in there, people who just don't want to believe no matter what. You know, you're going to have to show them the dead alien body or the crash saucer 
before, and they're going to have to touch it before they actually believe any of this is real. But for the vast majority of the planet, I think it's going to be uh, exciting stuff. I met with some people earlier today who are who are new to this subject, uh, found out about it by watching the TV, the news, and then went on Google UFOs, found MUFON. So they came over to our offices and sat with us for an hour or two. I, I think that's good. We're, we're, we're bringing in a whole new cadre of younger folk who need to be brought up to speed on this subject and made part of it. And I think that's happening. So, Jan, having, uh, well, two things here, you guys. So the first one being that, you know, I like wearing UFO shirts and, and you know, that sort of stuff because I like to invite conversation with the public on the subject. So there are many of us out there who wear our you know, UFO, NASA shirts, whatever it is, and we get into these conversations at coffee or pub and the like. And I can tell you, just in my everyday this last week, I am personally getting bombarded everywhere where I wear that sort of shirt, et cetera. I've stopped wearing them this week because I'm so tired of talking about this thing and I can't be the only one. Um, and not that we're tired about talking it here tonight, you guys, but I'm just saying in ref- as a unit of measurement in terms of interest, at least where I'm at in Austin, you guys, there, it's like fever pitch right now. Yeah, I think I think it, it's definitely picking up. I mean, I, I, there's uh, people getting involved now who've never been involved before. I'm getting phone calls from, you know, division heads of corporations and scientists who want to get involved. The nice thing about it is this whole announcement with the Navy and with TTSA and with the whole Pentagon thing is it's making it safe for some of the people who've been on the sidelines, maybe not involved at all, to to jump in and start getting involved. And I think that's what we need. We need people who are good thinkers and and scientists, engineers to start working on this because huge breakthroughs are are possible. And that's why we... uh, do what we do at MUFON, the scientific study of UFOs for the benefit of humanity. I mean, the benefit is, hey, if we if we really take the time to observe what's happening, what these craft are capable of doing in these beings, perhaps we could put some of that technology to work to, for the betterment of all of us on this planet. I'm very hopeful. I, I'm excited. I don't think we can put the genie back in the bottle. I think there's a few people trying, but it's not going to go back in. When you talk about that, of course, that assumes that UFOs are physical spaceships piloted by physical beings yeah but even if they're not i mean there's something here which is transformational in terms of our perception of reality our our whole consciousness uh, how, how maybe we build the four walls around us it's uh we're gonna learn a lot about who we are i mean i remember a mm. saying that one of our uh, well-known speakers I'm, I'm blanking on his name but i'll come up with it said once he said you know the more we try to find out who they are where they're from and why they're here the more likely we are to find out who we are, where we're from, and why we're here. And I thought those were words were pretty wise words, and, I, and I've thought about them for the last 20 years since I've heard them. I think continuing to study this, whether it's a physical phenomenon or, a, or a, uh, something else, uh, is certainly going to give us a lot better understanding of the universe around us and, and this whole reality that we live in. Man, Jen, from my perspective, those are some of the uh, most compelling and wise words that I've heard over the last couple of weeks. That's an absolutely fabulous perspective. I got to tell you guys, when I, when this stuff came out in the post and the times a couple of weeks ago, I ran for my copy, the hunt for zero by Nick cook, because the first thing that crossed my mind was we have to vet that this is not an exotic technology first. I mean, that's just the way I work as a scientist. I mean, the most plausible thing here, at least from my mind, is that this is some exotic technology. 
I went down the wormhole with Cook there on that book. It's been a few times since I read it. And I suggest anybody that wants to get oriented on, you know, where we might have been in the 1950s and 60s in terms of aerospace technology. This is a great primer for you. Now, that being said, there's a lot of arguments right now from the scientific community, specifically folks that are saying, you know, look, Mark, this can't be exotic technology because the flight profile or kinematics of these flights are the same as they were in the 40s and 50s reports. So I guess that perspective is saying that these are the exact same thing in the 40s before we even announced that we had advanced aerospace programs, et cetera. So that's a, that's a really interesting perspective uh, in terms of deciding if this is actually nuts and bolts craft here from ET or whether it's our own technology. But I think that's kind of the linchpin where, or, or that's at least where I ended up where I'm I'm finding a gap that I can't close yet. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a, a cognitive dissonance or something. You know, it's funny. I, I First conversation I had with Christopher Mellon was several years ago, uh, two or three years back. And he asked me a question, which I thought was interesting. It was, what do you, what do you think these triangles are? And I said to Chris, I said, well, I don't know, Chris. I, I assume they're ours. And he said back to me, well, they're not. I said, well, then whose are they? He said, well, they're somebody else's. They're not ours. And he had a whole explanation for why they weren't ours. Now, that's from what he knows, right? I mean, it, and what, I, what I've come to find out from talking to folks like Lou Elizondo and Stephen Justice and Christopher Mellon, guys who've been deep inside the different parts of the aerospace industry and the Pentagon and the Congress, uh, is that we run a, a very compartmentalized government. <laughs> it's very compartmentalized. And it's very possible. There's someone doing something somewhere that the other person doesn't know is being done. They both assured me, Lou and Chris, that these craft we're seeing are definitely not ours. And if you looked at the sh first show, Unidentified, uh, they even brought in an aerospace guy expert to talk about it. Uh, there's no flight surfaces. There's no uh, engines. There's no heat signature. There's no nothing. These things are doing extraordinary things and, and changing shape uh, as they move about. Do we have that technology? I don't think so. Uh, the other thing that struck me was I went back in our files and we actually have triangular cases from the 1930s. So these triangles would have had to have been uh, built somewhere back in the 20s or 30s. And I just don't think we had the technology back then to do that. We'll be back with more with Gene and Mark. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow Patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com.
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The U.S. and Mexico have agreed to steps to curtail the influx of Central American migrants into the U.S. Mexico's ambassador to the United States, Martha Barcina. The United States and Mexico commit to a Mexican enforcement surge. Mexico will take unprecedented steps to increase enforcement to curb irregular migration, to include the deployment of its National Guard throughout Mexico, giving priority to its southern border. Also, both countries have agreed to work to improve economic conditions in Central American nations. The United States and Mexico will continue their discussions on the terms of additional understandings to address irregular migrant flows and asylum issues. President Trump tweeted, he's indefinitely suspending his plans to impose tariffs on Mexico. This is USA Radio News. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-547-4804 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-547-4804. That's 800-547-4804. Again, 800-547-4804. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I think we have to get Mark and Echo Chamber. Jan Harzan is joining us, and we're continuing our discussion of 
some of the more interesting sightings and configurations. Mark, let's go ahead. What I think we need to do, you guys, is we had a big audience. We have got to unpack this ATIP thing. I cannot assume that everybody out there is following uh, all the different media outlets that are carrying this, all the different personalities, all this stuff. It's a mess in there, specifically when the Pentagon spokesperson, uh, the original spokesperson that said, you know, Louis Elizondo was a part of this ATIP program, get fired for, I think the actual thing was just mismanagement or misjudgment or something to that effect. The new spokesperson from the Pentagon then, and I'll pull up his name here in a second, you know, he said that he can't confirm any Miss White, the previous spokesperson for the Pentagon's uh, admissions or confirmation that Luizondo was involved at all. And so I think that's where the first pivot started with uh, John Greenwald, for example, the Black Vault and some of the other folks that have now put out counter stories, including The Intercept, who is a, has a very good reputation for uh, whistleblowers and, and looking behind the scenes and really vetting some of the people that are making these claims, et cetera. So that's where we're at, Jan. We're in a situation where we have conflicting stories from the government. We have NAP coming out with uh, some um, Senate uh, documents saying that Luis Elizondo was a part of this ATIP program. It's just confusing. Can you just at least give us your breakdown of what you think happened over the next last couple of weeks here? Yeah, I, I think uh, what's finally happening is the disinformation machine is starting up. You know, it's probably some pushback here that you're moving too fast. We're going to slow you down. It's pretty simple. You know, we have a senator, Senator Harry Reid, who, who formed this committee uh, with the help of other senators in Congress. He's actually the one who signed the paperwork to form ATIP. And uh, on that list of individuals, uh, Lou Elizondo names exist. Um, I don't know if they'll be making that publicly available or not. Uh, but if you've got a senator with the uh, kind of credentials of Harry Reid and he says it's real, I'd, I'd go with him over some spokesperson from the Pentagon. You know, any organization. It's hard to put your hands on all the information, e even at MUFON. We operate in 43 countries in all 50 states. I, I would be hard-pressed to put my fingers on who actually worked in this state at this time at that date. Uh, you know, that sometimes that information just isn't available to you. So whether it's purposeful or, or not, I don't know. I, I, I would lean more that it's purposeful that they're trying to slow this thing down and not have it come out quite as fast and furious as it's been coming. I definitely think we'll see some other things shown uh, hand cards shown on the table that, that that prove that Lou is who he says he is. I've spent quite a bit of time with Lou. As you know, he was our keynote speaker at our symposium last year. I can't say enough about the guy. He, he is a straight shooter. He's an American hero. He fought for us in Afghanistan and special forces. He ran some different programs, classified programs for, for uh, the Pentagon, for the uh, Department of Defense. He has told me everything I've ever asked him, he's told me directly. And when he couldn't tell me, he said, look, I, there's certain things I can't say because it's still classified. But I will tell you that so that I'm not trying to skirt it. He says, I just don't look good in orange. You know, one thing here also, <laughs> in our current environment, I think it's difficult to even believe what the government tells us for many reasons that take us into politics. Having contradictory statements is certainly not atypical of them. Of course, one wants to check it out anyway. You think about it. Uh, how many times have they tried to debunk Roswell, right? It's been three times. I think we had the first story was it was it was a, a weather balloon. The second story came out, you know, 20, 30 years later that it was a, a mogul weather a balloon, a spy balloon or whatever. And then then it comes out, oh, it's a balloon with a dummy uh, that fell out of it. You know, so, yeah, I, I'm hard pressed to believe what comes out of the <laughs> out of some of these these pieces. So 
anyway, I would just say that I believe Lou, I believe Chris, I believe Stephen Justice, I believe Tom DeLong. They, they're getting fed information from somewhere, wherever that is, and they're trying to put that information out into the public domain so that we can move this ball forward. And I, we, I think we in the UFO field should be 100% behind them. I mean, good grief. I mean, we've waited for 70 years to get something, and, and now we're finally getting something. And why do we want to jump all over it? I mean, surely we should ask tough questions. That's true. But let's, let's at least let them come out with the information. I haven't seen anything they put out that would tell me that they're trying to put out disinformation as a group. I, mean, I see quite the opposite. I see they're trying to push this for agenda forward, both within Congress, uh, with the American people, and uh, um, with themselves, because they're, you know, they're trying to work on the science behind it and the technology to uh, probably, uh, I would assume, build it at some point. Jan, when uh, Louis Elizondo went on the record, and I th- I think 2017 with um, Tucker Carlson. I think he made it on with Tucker one night, but he was talking there. It was, it's a really interesting interview. I encourage folks to go back and YouTube it. You'll find it there or whatever your particular uh, video preference platform is, et cetera. But so on there, he says he was disgruntled and very frustrated with the military's inability to properly communicate the existence of UFOs, you know, to the public. He personally felt sort of affronted, if I could paraphrase him correctly, you know, that his efforts within the, the military weren't being taken seriously, et cetera. And that's why he decided to leave. When you talked to Lewis, did he expand on this conflict or, or you know, what was frustrating him so much uh, when he was actually working for the program? He, he did. In fact, uh, when he was in the military, one time he was on a firefight in Afghanistan and they were pinned down by other enemy forces uh, and running out of ammunition. And as I understand it, they, they were like minutes away from being overrun and killed. And all of a sudden out of the sky came some helicopters and uh, gunships and landed. And the back door opened on one of them. And General Maddox walked down the ramp and said, come on, boys, get on board. This is my understanding of the story. And basically saved all these soldiers who were literally minutes from dying. Lou was one of those soldiers. And he has great respect for General Maddox, who was Secretary of Defense for a while there. When he worked on this program for ATIP, his commanding officer was uh, General Maddox, and he was trying to get the information that he had up the chain of command. You don't just call the general. You know, if you're down at the bottom of the chain of command, you don't just call the general. You've got to work it up through the different layers. He kept it kept getting stopped, and he couldn't figure out why it was getting stopped. So that frustrated him, and that made him say, you know, this is just not right. This is important stuff. He needs to know. And so he stepped out, wrote a letter of resignation, and actually it was the first time that General Max knew there was anything to this was when he got uh, word that uh, Lou had resigned and got a copy of his letter. So I think Lou is doing it for the right reasons. He believes that there is this is important. This is imp- information for the American people to know and understand. And he's trying to do what he believes is right in terms of getting it out. Now, he's not, he's not talking about classified things. In fact, he was able to either get the three videos un- declassified, or as I was originally told, they were basically highly sensitive, but they weren't classified. But either way, those videos that when they finally made it to the public were not classified as such. Now, what's currently in the Pentagon's files is classified, and it'll probably take some more work to get some of that done. But that's, they don't see that as their purpose in life to go create videos for the public. They're, they're trying to get Congress to act on it. They're trying to get things to happen that, frankly, we've been trying to get to happen for 70 years and have gotten nowhere. So I, I'm, I'm cheering for them myself. Yeah, I am too, Jen. One more question on the follow-up to Lewis's, you know, his position when he was working for the, the military, et cetera. He's a soldier. He's in Afghanistan. He has a close relationship with matters, et cetera. So I don't know this from reading, and I may have just overlooked it, but 
how is Lewis so impassioned about the UAP phenomena? Has he had an experience himself? I don't believe he's had an experience. I mean, I, I can't say that for a fact, but I, I don't believe he has because I think I even asked that question. But he's talked to enough pilots and enough folks in the military because uh, they had direct contact with all these people, the, the Navy, the Air Force, the Army, who were reporting things being seen pr- primarily through the people in jet fighters uh, and things that they were chasing. And so he came to know that these things were real. And, and based on the fact that he had access to, um, I think it said was, was said earlier that, you know, how do we know these aren't ours? Well, Lou had access, uh, super admin access to the black budget system. So I'm not sure what that looks like, but basically he could see in there and see which projects were underway so that he knew what, what, what all the classified things that were flying in the sky could, could compare them against what was being reported by the pilots. Okay. I don't think the sponsors are involved in any black budgets, but let's hear what they say. More to come. We've got Jan Harz okay. and Gene Steinberg, Jan, Mark you're Jackson. Up. You're in. The Paranormal Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800 Compliment your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Man, that was awesome. That was awesome, Jan. And, you know, we might actually have to keep you on. As a special <laughs> correspondent, you know, until I, don't I get know you, an echo machine, right, Gene? Well, it's very easy to do that. It's done in post production. Yeah. Wait, we we can also talk about the symposium if you want. It's okay. We got a lot of good stuff going on there. Oh, we should absolutely. One of the things, you guys, that came up here recently for me was I had a I had a luncheon with a gentleman that belongs to the SCU and Hal Putoff's involvement in this. I believe and confirm this for me, Jan. Wasn't Hal's name on that? list of people involved in the project uh, via the, uh, the the undersecretary list, or I'm sorry, the list from Reed? I can neither confirm nor deny it. Yes, he was. <laughs> yeah, so there were, if only we could get Hal to talk, right? He probably would talk to you if you gave him a call. <laughs> he, you know, Hal, Hal has been involved with uh, DARPA projects, things for a number of years. He's a good guy. He's been a MUFON member for 25 or more years. Right. Uh, he was the only scientist or physicist who called me after the article broke that uh, about Ben Rich. And he wanted to know exactly every word that Ben had said to me and actually called me twice on it. So, uh, you know, I think he's another one who's on our side trying to get this stuff out there and get and more importantly, you know, make it work so that we can actually have it for our own benefit, which would be terrific. Wow, that's great information, uh, Jan. That's really cool. Yeah, Hal is definitely at the center of this and so much more, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think the next one for me, Jan, would be 
it's something that I've been struggling with today anyway, or the last few days is what is the point of all this? And, and so what I wanted to do was try to get rid of a lot of the words being thrown around in, 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 in an effort to try to distill this thing down in terms of why now, what now, what has motivated these people? Is it really just critical mass and the fact that they couldn't contain the boiling anymore? Or is there an agenda? The way I look at this subject is I want to take the word believe out of this. We can't, there's no belief in this narrative. The second thing, unfortunately, that there's not in this narrative is reason. Because like I, you know, like we have been bouncing back and forth about these flight profiles, the physics of the UAPs do not reason. They do not match up with reason. So we got to throw faith out or belief. We got to throw reason out the window. So for me, when I see the government rolling this stuff out and backing it, the word that comes to mind to me is accept. The government or the military or whatever this slow disclosure is an effort for us to accept the existence of UAPs. Well, by definition, uh, you know, uh, acceptance is something you agree to or consent to. It occurs to me that this is more of a consent issue in terms of the PR factor. So the question then becomes for me is, okay, if the military is coming out and they're saying this is a real thing and they want us to comply or they want our consent, what the hell are we consenting to? What is the trajectory of all this, if we can even speculate at this point? Well, I think, you know, you, you look at all the uh, private space ventures going on today, SpaceX, um, Virgin Galactic, uh, you've got Blue Horizon, got, got even a NASA building its own Orion spacecraft. Uh, eventually, in the next five years, if you listen to uh, the vice president, we're going to be on the moon again and out amongst the stars. And so, and you've got a huge cadre of people working on faster and light travel. And eventually that's going to be uh, a breakthrough. I think within the next 20 to 30 years, we'll, we'll have the technology to travel to the stars. Um, just from the people I talk to and the physicists I'm uh, briefing and, and working with on this thing and are telling me what they know. So I think that we're moving ahead quite crisply on a technological standpoint as a species, as a, a human race. And I think, you know, at some point, it's going to become blatantly obvious that, that we're not alone. And I think someone believes this now is the time to start telling people, hey, you're not alone. Um, well, Jan, let me take you to task on that for a minute. Let me back sure, up because I know there's please. people in the audience that are going to ask the same question. So earlier in the show, we had kind of agreed that the technology in the 20s, 30s, 40s wasn't capable of anti-gravitics, electrostatic, all this sort of other, the names for anti-gravity technology. But you're saying in 20 years, which is not 70 years, that we're going to have speed of light technology. So let me go back and revisit the original notion here. Is it possible that this is us? Well, there's that is yes. Well, there's always that possibility. I mean, it's always that possibility, but but it also could be us and them. <laughs> I, you know, I wrote that down as one of my four options. You know, I, I took notes and I wrote out four options. It's ET. It's us. It's us and ET. Or it's all big psyop. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Or or we're living in a simulated reality. You know, <laughs> something else. Who knows? But yeah, it's it's. Um, I, I so why have they kept it secret for all these years? Why why have they not wanted to let the cat out of the bag? Why have they want, not wanted to admit that the UAPs or U, UFOs are real? Very simply, it's national security. I mean, that's flat out it. I mean, the technology that these craft are using to get here is based on Einstein's general theory of relativity, 
and it's the manipulation of space and time. Just like we figured out in the in 30s and 40s how to manipulate energy and matter, our, our universe is made up of STEM, space, time, energy, and matter. So we know E equals MC squared, but also there's some equations that'll work, let us work between space and time. And these beings, or whoever they are, these conscious, these intelligences, have figured out how to manipulate that. And they can actually rip, and Ross words to me, they can rip small holes in space-time and travel from wherever they are to us pretty much instantaneously. So, you know, that's the technology. We know what, we now know the equations. That's what Ben Rich said to me back in 93, which is there's an error in the equations and we now know how to take ET home. Well, now our scientists in the white world have figured out what the equations are and how to do it. So they see it mathematically, theoretically, but getting it from there to operational is a huge jump and it's not a cheap jump either. So has someone done that already in the black world? Perhaps they have, uh, but we're going to have to reinvent it in the white world because my understanding of how black ops works or black, the black world works. Once a project is completed, they destroy all evidence of it and keep two final copies and they go in separate vaults and those vaults never get open. So there's no transfer of technology out of a black world. It's got to be reinvented in the white world. And I think that's kind of what TTSA may be trying to do. That's just my guess. Oh, that is a very interesting insight. Yeah, I, I hope it's true. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's true too, Jan. That's the thing. Yeah. Mm. So, so you know, we're gonna we are gonna see advances. I mean, the twenty to thirty years is my guess. Uh, but I had lunch with uh, James Woodward recently, and he's a professor out of Cal State Fullerton, and he works a uh, uh, I'll call it a, 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 an email list, if you will, of all the top theoretical physicists who are working on this faster than light issue, and, and he's been kind enough to put me on copy. So I see these guys fight with each other. It reminds me about being at MUFON. You know? We all fight with each other. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they are all saying, and he's specifically saying, I asked him, I said, Jim, so how long do you think it's going to be until we have this? And I, I threw out the 20 to 30 years. He said, maybe not even that long. So these guys are get, feel that they're getting Jan, close. Wow. Wow, Jan. You kidding? All right, you guys. So yeah. what we have on the horizon is faster than light travel and by the way for the audience that aren't you know that don't follow uh, scientific journals etc there's trajectories that can get found uh, online now about faster than light travel which obviously violates what einstein was saying but we now understand that his equation is actually rudimentary uh, as you're mentioning jan compared to some of these other things um one of the things i want to say to the listeners if they want to go down the rabbit hole of something that's called block time, this is a very current theory uh, in physicists, uh, in physics, excuse me, where um, it better describes, Jan, what you're saying, the relationship between time, space, and matter. And so if that's really what we're working into here in terms of finding the uh, corrections to the equation to access that level of physics, there are published papers on block time that people can reference that that basically sets the ground rules to make what you're talking about possible. Yes. Well, you know, and that that goes back to the national security implications of this and why it's been kept secret for so long. I mean, if your adversary has the capability to deliver a nuclear weapon to the doorstep of the White House instantaneously with no one knowing it's coming and it just shows up and blows up. I mean, that that's that's a, a scary thought. So. 
there's been a lot of effort put into keeping the secret, uh, probably even including, uh, you know, a few people losing their lives over it for whatever reason, as we talked earlier, that it appears that the, the cat's out of the bag and we're, we're moving forward. So we'll just hope it keeps uh, going well. By the way, I want to inform you listeners that this weekend, of course, we'll be hearing from William Puckett on After the Paracast, but we'll also be talking to the one, the only Red Pill Junkie. That's on After the Paracast, available with the Paracast Plus. Guys, more to come with Jan Harzana Buffon. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Mark Jackson. You're in the Paracast. Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We are going to sign them up as the new Everly Brothers. <laughs> no, we won't. Mark Jackson and Jan Harzan. Let me be the tall one, Gene. How tall are you, Jan? I'm six one and a half. You, Mark? Uh, just under nine feet. <laughs> Barely. I I also have a very hairy arms. Sasquatch, I knew it. <laughs> we come from the portal you speak of, Jan. Exactly. Well, that's 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 another thing. I mean, you know, when you think about this stuff, is you know, I know there's some crazy people are talk, talking about some crazy stuff, but if you have the ability to manipulate space time, yeah, you could build portals and transport yourself from here to there and 
it's going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be kind of scary, too, I guess, if, if you're worried. You know, I could see from the military standpoint of not wanting this to get into someone else's hands. They then have to figure out how to defend against and the intelligence community going nuts over it. But I, it's kind of time for us to all grow up and, and get on with life, right? <laughs> Play the charade for 70 years. It's time to move on. You well, know, the Star Trek the- lexicon says that Zephyrin Cochran invents warp drive in the mid 2000s, like 2050 or something. I forget what year they had in Star Trek First Contact. The reality may be it won't be too far off. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think it's that far off, honestly. If we aren't already doing it today, but I, I've been assured by uh, the people that we're not doing it today. But yeah, like I said, our, our stuff is so compartmentalized and there's so many projects going on out there by so many different groups that, that one group doesn't know what the other group's doing. Anything could be, could be true. The, the good news is we're, we're going to get to it in the white world and then it'll be true for all of us. And that's the important thing. The question I want to ask you here is, do you think that's part of the problem with UFOs that it's, it kind of goes back to even 9-11? One agency, for whatever reason, doesn't communicate with another. So maybe one agency has some really important information about UFOs. Maybe there is a silence group, as Major Keogh talked about in the 1950s. But mm-hmm. nobody else knows about it because they don't talk to one another, either for turf wars or for what they might perceive to be a national security issue. What's your take? Well, I think it's the way the classification system works. The classified system works is it's compartmentalized. You're not allowed to talk to someone about your project unless they're read, read in on the project. So you have to be read in on the project to be able to talk to it. So they're, therefore, they can't really talk about it to someone who's not part of their project. As I scratch my head and try to figure this all out, because on one hand, we're being told by the Lou Alizandos and the Chris Mellons that these are not ours. And I believe they believe that because they have seen inside the black vault and, you know, they, they see what's there. And by that, I, I mean, inside the, the black budget and what's been built and paid for. But doesn't mean that someone else couldn't have done something on their own, they, that they didn't require Congress to fund it. There's if they had their own funding, they could go build anything they want. So could the Navy have developed its own? Secret Space Force? It's always possible. I mean, let's talk about the Navy, Jan. So my military sources tell me that the Navy is kind of like the gorilla in the room and all other forces kind of take a back seat to them, particularly because of the advances that they made in the 50s. Right. Both in terms of, of terrestrial and then aerospace radar technology that was rolled out at those ships. So there's no question that the epicenter in the 40s and 50s for technology development was definitely occurring within the Navy. Now, the Navy is very affronted by the rest, at least according to my sources, are very affronted by the rest of the branches. They kind of do their own thing. Now, this brings me back to the exotic technology sort of component to this, because we had, you know, stealth got rolled out in 1980, but we didn't actually hear about it until 1992. Correct. Right. How do we stop iterating this uh, loop, the cyclical loop of iteration of, of considerations, Jan? Like, you know, I just find myself bouncing back and forth between the exotic tech and the, and the actual potential of ET. This is challenging to in, the intellect of the average person. Oh, yeah. Well, DARPA, as a, as a defense research agency, uh, was founded, uh, I, think, I think, back in the 50s, uh, maybe early 60s, uh, late 50s, it, right after we got skunked by the Russians with Sputnik and, and surprised because we didn't know that their program was even going on. It was thought that, that we should never be behind again. So we developed this 
organization called DARPA to basically work on research projects, many of them classified, to make sure that we stayed competitive and ahead of all the other nations on Earth. And it's worked very, very well for us. And it's, it's worked with kind of a, in the black world anyway, the compartmentalization of projects. But we built our own box, right? I mean, it's helped us get to where we are today, but uh, it's kind of imp- has impeded us from moving forward from here out. So I don't know if that'll be looked at or how I'll do it. But and I'm sure there's people within the intelligence community and within the military who'd say, no, no, this works perfectly because this is how we keep it away from our adversaries is by doing it this way. I, I'm frustrated, too, because I, I hear people who are at the top levels of our government telling me this is the way it is. And yet we have some of these whistleblowers and people coming forward and saying things that we know are not quite that way. And so you've got this cognitive dissonance, like, like I'm being told this by very credible people, but I'm seeing that and being told that by someone else. And so I, I hope one day we'll know. I, I think once we get out amongst the stars and we're zipping around in our, our, our faster like craft, whatever that looks like, Star Trek or otherwise, um, I think a lot of this is all going to fall into place. The other thing I think is going to happen, too, is that, you know, as we're circling above a planet way out there in some other galaxy or some other solar system in our own galaxy, and we're looking down and there's indigenous life on that planet, and we go down and interact with that life, we're now the aliens. And I think that puts everything into perspective for us. I think it's all going to play out, you know, and, and, and I think uh, hats off to Lou and the guys at TCSA for, for taking the first big step. I mean, we had him speak at our conference last year, and, and he basically shared the ATIP program and what they did and what they found in there. And uh, he essentially said, you know, three or four things that were, you know, A, these things are, are real. B, they're not from here. C, you guys have been doing this for 50 years. And D, you're right. These things exist. U- UAPs, UFOs, they exist. And they're not from here. So people walked away and said, well, gee, he didn't really tell us anything we didn't know. Well, of course, we've been in the UFO field 70 years, 50 years, 40 years, whatever it is, however old you are and how long you've been involved. But, but he said a lot because this is someone from the Pentagon talking. This is someone from our government talking, even though he's not currently employed by them. Uh, he stepped out of the program that was studying this. And I've used that clip and, and that film footage for a number of my friends who were naysayers up till now. I, I think like many of us, you know, we've had friends who are just, just not buying it. You know, they they don't believe and they want to say, I don't know why you're involved in this topic. It's just so weird, you know. And then they hear that and they say, oh, okay, so there's something to it. I think it's it's changing the conversation on this planet in a positive way. Now, that conversation right now, what I'm noticing is more in the United States than it is maybe in other countries, but I think it's going to roll over to the other countries, if it hasn't already. I mean, many of the other countries were way ahead of us, frankly, in terms of talking about the subject. But well, um, Nick Pope comes to mind, right? I yeah, mean, the, the Canadian yeah. Minister of Defense efforts, et cetera. And then you have Paul Spain, Elliott. of course, and then the big French effort in the 90s. Well, yeah, well, so there are a lot of people out there working on it, but I'm just saying from a general population standpoint, though, population, I think we're starting to see this become a conversation within the American, with the American people. If it's not drowned out by all the silliness that goes on in our politics, it's actually a conversation out there with people who've probably never before spoken about the subject to their neighbor or to their friend. But now it's kind of like dinner conversation. So I think that's a positive step forward uh, to move the ball on this whole subject. The fact that this, and it is a fact, Jan, I can independently verify like everybody else that's in this field right now. And what I'm saying is you're exactly right. This is a dinner plate issue. Like I'm talking to my kids about it over the last couple of days, et cetera. But my question for you is in light of that, that now that this narrative and this discussion, debate, et cetera, has gone into the living rooms of the American public via the Post, the Times, MUFON, et cetera, and all the different outlets, 
what is the role or is there an opportunity or role for MUFON to take a step forward to represent the, I guess what you would call the public sector, speaking military, that of course becomes a private sector. But yeah, I mean, the citizenship of, of MUFON, et cetera. Do you guys see this as an opportunity to come out and say, hey, we're glad you guys have come around. We have all of this data. We cannot wait to share it with you. We would love to have your best analysts, and we're here to cooperate to bridge the gap between the general community and whatever this is on the government side. No, absolutely. I mean, we, we're positioning ourselves as the civilian UFO research organization, and the public can come, and they, we, be, we become the public repository for what the public is seeing. We've got so much more to come with Jan Harsan of MUFON. Gene and Mark, you're in the Paragast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Oh, these pains. My neck, my back, shoulders. I've got to get some relief. Stress from everyday life, past injuries, or surgeries can cause inflammation that leads to pain, but you don't want to take another pill. There's an easier, healthier way, right? Yes, with hot or cold therapy products at sunshine-pillows.com. Pillows? For my aches and pains? Oh, not just pillows. Sunshine-pillows.com has the best selection of custom heated neck wraps and heated neck pillows, plus travel pillows microwavable body heating wraps and more it's all available to you online finally stress relief with no drugs right and now you can buy any select combo up to 150 dollars and get 30 percent off just use this promo code save 30 when you click sunshine-pillows.com save 30 percent when you spend up to 150 dollars on any select combo use promo code save 30 sunshine-pillows.com your complete line of therapeutic pillows and pads Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com.
These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, Jay Randall Murphy has not left the show. He takes one day off a month. I wish I could do that. You know, I have done this show now since 2006. I don't take a day off. All right. I'll keep going to the last cup and saucer. Jan, I interrupted you. I'm sorry to do that, but that's how it works in radio. Would you continue? (laughs) Can you cue me up? Well, uh, Jan, I was just saying that from my perspective, this is such a unique opportunity in the, uh, the trajectory of MUFON to really establish you guys now as the liaison between the government and the public and the fact that you can offer them something back to reciprocate the relationship in terms of your database, et cetera. Now, I know that Bigelow has got access to the MUFON stuff. I don't really know the history there. And so maybe the government is caught up. But again, it's just this has got to be a really great opportunity for you guys as an organization. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we're trying to position ourselves, as I was saying before the break, uh, to be the civilian UFO reporting agency. And that's based on the public wanting a place to go. If if you look on the other side of the table, you've got uh, TTSA with its government contacts, its uh, military contacts, its intelligence contacts. Uh, they're pulling information from the inside. I mean, we don't have necessarily military pilots. Well, we do have military pilots reporting to us, but, you know, we aren't, we aren't we can't go to NORAD and say, NORAD, share us your data. We, we, we can't go to the CIA and say, share us your data, because they aren't going to share it. It's, it's, it's kind of internal stuff. But to what extent they can get that out, uh, it's good. But no, but we need, to, we need to work together on this. I agree with you there. What I was told privately, uh, although I'll make it more publicly, is that uh, when the program was first uh, discussed with Senator Harry Reid, and they were trying to put together the briefing document for him on this, they looked around the government. I said, they, I mean, the people that you know currently involved with TTSA and the whole program, uh, and they couldn't find a database of UFO-type information. So where did they go? They went to the MUFON database, and all of our information is publicly available. You can go to our website, MUFON.com, and go to the menu bar there and click on uh, Track UFOs, and you can pull up information on UFOs all day long. We have over 100,000 cases now in our files, and this information is is really useful. I know not all of it is a spacecraft from zeta reticuli i'll say that uh because we do have our fair share of ifos in there we do have our fair share of insufficient data cases things like that but a good 30 percent of what's in that database is unidentified and after a careful you know investigation so that becomes your research database and yeah that's available to pretty much anyone who who, who needs it i'd love to see more aerospace companies taking use of that um 
you know, the, the challenge is like a SpaceX. I mean, I thought about this, you know, how do we get Elon Musk involved in this whole thing? Uh, they're building things based on rocket technology for them to go from that to, you know, something that's based on Einstein's general theory of relativity is a huge leap for them because the engineers they have on board are basically <laughs> reaction type engineers or chemical engineers, they're aerospace engineers, they're people who understand how rockets work really well and how spacecraft work. Um, this, this may be a whole new field as we get deeper and deeper into it, how this whole space-time manipulation thing works. How, how do you build that? How do you engineer it, um, engineer it in, into being? So I, th I think it's exciting times. And yes, I do think there's a, a path of cooperation that, that should be there and uh, worked on. Let me ask you a really interesting question here. In the past, we've had these situations where it seemed we're going to get some further information, further disclosure about UFOs. doesn't seem to come to pass. I mean, people say I'm stuck in the 1950s. But even then, we had people like Major Kehoe in his book saying it's going to happen any time now. Any time now. It's coming around the bend. And 50 years later, 60 years later, it's still coming around the bend. So <laughs> where are we going from here? Well, well, I, I think mean, the I biggest difference, you guys, is the Raytheon FLIR system, right? So the advances in radar technology are kind of what's dictating a lot of this. And we didn't have that advanced system until the 90s. And in fact, I think in 2004, 2004 that system was on the Navy ship uh, that recorded some of the flight data for, I believe, the Tic Tac. But then you fast forward to 2014, and these are the planes then that are geared with this equipment. So the one thing that I find in the government's favor here is plausible deniability before the existence of the Raytheon detection system. You're saying, but not now? No, because now we can see these things. Yeah. It's clearly, obviously, with the, uh, the ATIP videos, et cetera. So, you know, I think that the government didn't have hard data until that system was rolled out. So there is the potential for them to be playing a little bit of catch up too. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, very possibly. I, I think to answer your question, Gene, I, I think the genie's out of the bottle. I mean, uh, I tell people the disclosures already happened. It happened on you know December sixteenth, two thousand seventeen, when the New York Times broke the story that the Pentagon had its own UFO program. So you know, for years they've denied the fact that they're even worth studying, but but we find there's been a ten year program and it's actually still going on to this day. Perhaps not funded by the Pentagon anymore, but it's still there. And so what I see is people, uh, those who haven't shifted yet, and there's this thing when you change a paradigm called, you know, it's the grieving process, the Kubler-Ross curve, right? And you start off with denial, uh, and then you get to, uh, you know, anger, and, and ex eventually you get to acceptance on the, on the, on the curve. Um, I think there's still a lot of people in denial about this thing being real. But uh, so they may be still looking for confirmation. I call it confirmation. You know, someone's told them it's real. They've had that announcement. They've had that disclosure, but you know they're not buying it because they want to see the body. They want to see the craft. They, they, until they see and feel and touch it, it can't be real. Um, and, and so I think they're looking for confirmation. And, and I see a lot of setup going on out there uh, in the press with NASA and other entities trying to position us for when that might come. For instance, We've got a, a lander on Mars right now. It's digging, you know, ten or fifteen feet down into the surface, looking for life. Uh, one of these days, we're getting an announcement that they found some kind of life. Whatever that, it might be, just molecular or, or um, amoeba type life, but it's going to be life. Um, I had the opportunity to 
speak at a, uh, I think it was the New York Explorers Club uh, back oh, two, three years ago. And it was the space day. They had a space day with four astronauts and the UFO guy. And uh, the person who spoke after me was the mission operations manager for the New Horizon mission, which went out to Pluto and photographed that planet. And stunning photos. If you go on NASA's website and just type in New Horizon, uh, just totally stunning photographs of the planet Pluto, which is a planet. It's a dwarf planet, but it's a planet. And it's got volcanic activity. And you actually see the volcanoes spewing smoke. There's a huge frozen lake on the planet itself. And the, the, the woman, um, her name is escaping me right now, who was the mission operations manager for that, was giving the talk. And she's, she said, uh, quite matter-of-factly, we fully expect to find life under this frozen ocean on Pluto. Now, this is uh, represented for NASA. So that was three years ago. And I thought that was really strange. I, I've never heard those words come out of a NASA person's mouth. but. Since that time, I've been looking and reading and looking at all these press releases they're putting out, and they're constantly dripping the extraterrestrial life, extraterrestrial life, extraterrestrial life. Um, I, I don't think we're going to find a, a gray alien or a tall white, but I think they're going to find something that's going to tell us that there is other life out there. We've got other right. kinds of life out there, and you'll hear four minutes worth of that life coming right up with Gene, Jan, and Mark. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The U.S. and Mexico have reached an agreement holding off those tariffs President Trump threatened to impose over illegal immigration. The president tweets that Mexico has agreed to take strong measures to slow the flow of Central American migrants into the U.S. But the deal doesn't include some of the major overhauls the Trump administration wanted. Mexican Ambassador Martha Barcena. The United States and Mexico will continue their discussions on the terms of additional understandings to address irregular migrant flows and asylum issues. The agreement includes having Mexican troops along the southern border with Guatemala. In a pair of tweets, President Trump calls these strong measures that would stem the tide of immigration through Mexico. Mexico's president is calling for a gathering to celebrate. This is USA Radio News. 
If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-561-5716. That's 800-561-5716. Again, 800-561-5716. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Interesting about these discoveries about life. I heard a suggestion somewhat back that, I guess based on current research and everything, it's possible life-bearing conditions within the surface of Mars, not the surface itself might be more advanced or more suitable to life forms. Wouldn't it be interesting if Martians retreated to the caves when conditions came became bad over the millennia? And maybe there are people there or entities or beings or whatever, but they, of course, keep themselves hidden from us. That's kind of maybe a crazy theory, but it kind of arose over what's being discovered. Gene, we have an analog for that here on Earth. Uh, the Hopi Indians is a number of different indigenous tribes, et cetera. That, that, that's their story. They say when cataclysm occurs here on Earth, they crawl into the caves. So we know for a fact that that is a sort of uh, sentient being response, you know, to, to survival, et cetera. Um, I will say, you guys, I got to bring this up for those that are listening that may have had experiences because, Jan, and your MUFON database there are a lot of experiencers in there so i feel like they would be offended if the government came out and said yeah ufos are real you know but yet on this program we're still talking about microscopic life and organisms well look if you let in you know if you shoehorn in ufos uh, through the government that these things are real how seriously or 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 what do we need to do to look back at these experiencer cases 
Well, actually, we're doing that right now. We've got a whole experiencer research team under Kathy Martin and George Medich um, that that we receive probably five to ten new reports every day from experiencers around the world. Um, and and the data was shared at our 2018 symposium. I mean, it's it's showing that we have quite a few people out there interacting with non-human intelligences. Now, whether all of those are extraterrestrial or not, uh, that that's still to be seen. We also know there's a fair number of cases that might you know, have some form of mental illness or other systems, but it's just like with UFOs. You've got IFOs, you've got insufficient data, you've got this. Just like with reports from the experiencers, you've got different people who have different issues going on, uh, but there's a main core of truth there that they're interacting with non-human intelligences that are not us. So where are they from and, and why are they here? What, what are they all about? So we're trying to peel that apart. And I think one of the interesting things about it is in the data that that 80% of the experiencers report that a positive experience uh, interacting with these non-human intelligences. So uh, I know there's been a lot of scare stuff thrown out that, that, they, that they're evil, they're here to harm us, this, that, and the other. But only 20% of the experiencers perceive it that way, about 80% perceive it the other way. They can both be right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a matter of how you, how you see the situation. So uh, we're trying to study that very carefully because I think once people get in their minds that these craft are real and that they're here and they're not us, the first question they're going to ask is, well, who are they? Where are they from? Why are they here? What, are, what do they want with us? You know, what are, what are they up to? And I don't think it's any different than us if we were out in space hovering above a planet looking down there. We'd probably want to go down and check out the landscape. We'd want to check out the life that's on that planet. We might want to take some samples. We might want to uh, do some things. maybe tag some of that life and track it, uh, see where it goes and how it migrates. So I, I think it, it makes logical sense that, that they're already here. And we see that in the data that's being collected. So that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother step forward, though. I don't think the folks that currently are releasing this information don't want to go that far. They, they want to talk about the, the what and the how. They're not ready yet to talk about the who or the why. So the, I brought up this uh, notion of, you know, we get rid of religion, we get rid of uh, reason, and what we have left is the, the, the this concept that I bring up anyway called accepting that there are UAPs. But here's the thing. We're looking to the government. Uh, well, first of all, it's it's a lot of power to be able to say to the world that something is or isn't, right? If the U.S. government comes out and says UAPs are real, you know, first of all, what the hell do you do with that, right? But the second thing is, and we know this from our government, is they have a perspective. And so when you then be able to add a qualifier to your judgment of this phenomena or its intent, bad, good, or otherwise, that's something that we're not talking enough about. What is the government, if this is in fact plays itself out to be uh, real and et cetera, you know, they're going to tell us what to believe. They're bad. They're good. They're benevolent, benevolent, et cetera. You know, and that is a lot of power to put in the psyche of the planet. Well, but we, we have that going on today. I mean, you think back to the 60s. I mean, I remember this big, giant country called China that no one knew anything about. It was like a black hole, you know, a black box uh, until relations got normalized in the 70s by Nixon, President Nixon. I mean, we didn't know who, who those people were. Today, they're buying houses across the street from me and, you know, uh, all cash, I might say. Uh, and, you know, they're everywhere, you know, and they're, they're very, very nice people. Um, but yet our government perceives them as a threat 
and they perceive him as the an adversary uh, of sorts, you know, economic adversary for sure. And that's the Russians. I mean, we have all this craziness going on with Russia, right? But yet there's Russians here living in the United States. And so I, I see the same thing with the ET is that, you know, on, on a personal level, there will be interactions going on. But the, the government, we pay our military to identify threats and, and mitigate them and keep us from harm. That's what we pay them to do. So, of course, they're going to look at everything as a threat. I mean, that's what that's what they're paid to do. Uh, the intelligence community, same thing. They're going to look to find out what information they can gather and, and do. So I just see them doing the job that they've always done for us. And if we just don't focus on the fact that it's extraterrestrial or interdimensional, whatever it is, but it's just another human, another species, not human, but another uh, sentient life form, you know, that, that we're having to deal with. I think we're going to see that happen. And I, I think we, uh, I could, I personally could deal with it and encourage people to go out and do CE5s, you know, they want to <laughs> meet extraterrestrials do that i wonder sometimes here if conditions around the universe are the same in terms of element structure and how planets and stars are formed would it actually be possible here that the best possible intelligent life form is still humanoid to some degree of course that would make star trek look realistic but you know unless they have ridges on their their skulls and they look like vulcans or rather, rather Klingons, they look like Klingons, but you get the point. Yeah, I think there's a blueprint, you know, for, for life in, 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 the, in the universe. And it's probably, you know, got two, two, for the most part, it's got two legs, two arms, and uh, a head and eyes. Um, so there's probably a basic blueprint. Uh, now, how does that incorporate insectoids or reptilians or these or that? But um, I do think there's probably a basic blueprint, and that's where life comes from. And I think it's probably fairly much the same all over the universe uh, to a great extent. I mean, we'll find out here in the next hundred years, but, but uh, I just think it makes sense that life is ubiquitous throughout. I mean, the universe is all made up of the same stuff everywhere. Why wouldn't life be the same everywhere? So the humanoid aliens seen in the desert with silver uniforms... Maybe they were real after all. No, I'm pushing that a little bit. Now, some people who analyze UFOs, and we don't have to mention the names because a lot of the people have heard them on the show, even Jerome Clark and Red Pill Junkie, they separate the experience of an abduction from the experience of seeing a UFO, suggesting it's a different phenomenon, and they've even had compared to the near-death experience. So... What is your take? Do you think that it is E.T. abducting us or that maybe it does involve a separate phenomenon? Before you answer, though, I'm going to leave a cliffhanger, folks. I want to tell our listeners about the Paracast Plus. We offer a special deal here with the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. We offer the After the Paracast podcast. I understand Red Pill Junkie will be on this weekend's edition. And we also give you this show free of the network ads. And you beat that with better quality audio. Right off the master recording. Okay? No extra processing or anything. For more information, plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Jan Harzan, Gene Steinberg, Mark Jackson, you're in. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. 
We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. I asked, you know, kind of a left field question about abductions, whether the abduction experience is even related to UFOs, or maybe we're just interpreting that in terms of modern culture. Jan? Well, you know, it's funny because the data that we're seeing uh, has it both ways. We have people uh, being abducted and taking aboard ships, uh, which would be UFOs. Uh, we also have people just having interactions with non-human intelligence in, in their bedrooms at night. It, it typically takes place in the bedroom at night. We're out on a quiet desert road somewhere. But, you know, I, I think there's a high probability that there's more than one thing going on here. That's, that would be my answer. I wonder, though, about the whole thing. Why there's so many abduction experiences. If E.T. cared about us at all and wanted to take some genetic samples, why kidnap people? Why subject them to sometimes painful tests and not just do it once, do it over and over again? If they want genetic samples, I should think they could do that in a relatively painless way. So either that or they have no moral structure. They're sociopaths. (laughs) I I don't know about that, but... Well, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I have no—I don't have the answer to it, but I, you know, I, I, I see, and we get the reports of what they do. Kathy Martin and her team put together a really nice report on all of this stuff. I'll have to see if we can post that on our website. It was done as a presentation at the 2018 symposium, so I know it's available through either the proceedings document and/or the uh, buying a DVD of the tape or, or watching it on Move on TV. But it, we're, we're continuing to collect the data, and we're trying to understand exactly what this means. And hopefully through all of that study and data gathering, we'll, we'll figure out where these beings are from and what they're about and uh, what it means to all of us. So we're still still in the data gathering mode, I'd have to say, Gene. Well, it's still the assumption that beings are involved. Okay, sometimes I, I say maybe we're putting the cart before the horse there, even though it does seem to be beings and all that sort of stuff. Now, the other question I'd ask here in terms of all the sightings you've looked at, and MUFON's been around since 1969, and I've been around a lot longer, and you have as well. Do we see the sighting of today being similar or different than it was then? Well, you know, you certainly have uh, small changes here and there, but I mean, we're still seeing uh, basically nocturnal lights, lights in the sky, uh, doing strange things, uh, you know, splitting up, coming together, zipping off at light speed in space. And we're also seeing the daylight disks, and those come in many shapes and sizes. Uh, we also see the large triangles. We see much more of the triangles today than we did back, say, 50 years ago. But And also the orbs, you know, just orbs floating through walls and coming into places. I mean, I've, I've personally investigated at least two cases where, where those balls of light came through a wall in a bedroom and then turned into a being. I sometimes wonder whether the uh, writer for The Wizard of Oz maybe had some experience like that, because if you remember the good witch who comes down she comes down in an orb of light and then that turns into herself but uh you know it's it's i would say it's pretty close to the same 
with few variations. We're not seeing the the, the ships that we had 1800s. The they look like large balloon ships type things. We're not seeing that so much. Uh, the cigar shape, although we do see those, we don't see as many as we used to see back in the 50s. But daylight discs and and nocturnal lights, we're seeing lots of those things. You know, the, one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with, Jan. And you mentioned this a second ago, and that is the fact that we have things, multiple things happening simultaneously. Well, that makes a lot of sense when you start taking the military or people on the inside saying things like, yeah, they can rip space time. I mean, once we acknowledge that ripping space time is a thing, all bets are off, man. It could get really weird really quick, no? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's why uh, there's concerns about the CERN collider, (laughs) you know, the that we're building one of the biggest colliders in the world. And it's not ripping space-time so much as it's, small, it's tearing small holes. That's the way it was described to me, tearing a small hole, and therefore you can go through from, from there to here, or vice versa, I assume. You go backwards. Yeah, no, I think it's all bets are off. I think it's like, wow, what, what happens to our reality? What happens to our, to our whole uh, sense of being you know, when that happens? It uh, can be exciting and it can be scary at the same time. Now, one of the things I wonder about here is the technology. I mean, when we look at technology today, even Star Trek technology from the 23rd and 24th centuries, we still have them as natural evolutions to what we do now. We're talking about two, three hundred years hence. And you look at the rapid developments, even in recent years, where we have taken the power of the most powerful personal computers and embedded it in an iPhone weighing a few ounces. And right. you have to think if we're progressing that way, developing our technology, advancing our technology, UFOs always seem to be a couple steps ahead. Would we even recognize? Would we even recognize the technology from a race of extraterrestrials a few hundred or a few thousand years ahead of us? Or maybe the other question is what we see is a show put on for us. We can't see or understand what they are. I mean, how would we look to somebody in the 15th century with all the magical gadgets we have? Well, I was going to say, I think, Gene, that's where the fear comes in, right? I mean, we have no idea what the agenda, if this is uh, other sentient beings. You know, I can see where the government would be very concerned, unless, of course, they've already hashed out a plan or, you know, made some sort of contact, which. The Valiant Thor theories from the 50s and 60s and all that sort of are suggesting that there was a a kind of a honeymoon period with us and E.T., you know, and some deals were made, et cetera. You know, if remove us from that scenario and put us into the scenario where we have no idea what's coming through that little hole, fear should be a very real thing. And I say that as a father, right? I have no idea what these beings have or what their agenda is, et cetera. So at some point, as this rolls out, we have got as a society to face the fear factor that's involved with all this, no? Are you asking me? Well, I I think just in general, I mean, there's a large part of our audience right now that is saying, wow, if these guys are actually onto something, what the hell does that mean for me as an individual? You know, what, what, what role is the government, et cetera? Well, the role of government is to protect its citizens, so I think that's what they spend most of the time trying to figure out how to do. Whether we agree with how they do it, that's another question. But, yeah, I think, you know, we should be concerned, but I don't think we should be uh, in, in total fear. I mean, I, I do think that, uh, I believe what Machio Kaku wrote in his book, Hyperspace, the Ten-Dimensional Universe, is that you've got type one, two, and three civilizations, and, of course, we're a type zero, 
caveman to nuclear age. And if you can figure out how not to kill yourself and blow your planet up, uh, you get to graduate from a type zero to a type one civilization, which includes interstellar travel. And I think we're, we're right at that point. I mean, hopefully good things will happen and we'll leap above it and move on to interstellar travel and we, and we won't destroy ourselves, but there's no given on that. It's going to take all of us kind of thinking positively and making it happen to, to make it a reality. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to becoming a type one civilization. That's, that's, that's where I'm at. Me too, Jan. Uh, but let's go back to what you were saying about 70% of the, the cases in MUFON are reported as uh, positive experiences. That's encouraging, right? Because you can't remove the contactees from the UFOs. I mean, right. I, I just don't think we can do that yet anyway. Yeah, so let's eight. just put them in the same thing. Right? Yeah. So the point is, I guess, is that these are positive experiences. However, comma, that's with said uh, mutually beneficial arrangement species versus one that could just blink in here. And, and where I'm going with this is what President uh, Trump had said here at the end of last year, and that is the, the uh, creation of this space force. Okay, I'm a government. Things are blinking in and out. They're, they're craft, nuts and bolts, but they can bend space-time. I'm pretty sure if I'm in the government, I, I need to have a space force kind of ringing the planet, waiting for these things to kind of come in and out of this little hole in space-time. What, what is your whole perspective on the space program? Have we had one? Is there an enduring one? Do we need one, et cetera? Well, I think you know, NASA came out a few years back and said that they, they want to turn over the near-Earth orbit uh, business to the private industries that are out there. When there's, there's a good half dozen to a dozen of them right now or more. And they wanted to focus on warp speed, warp drive. Now, they've been working on things called the M drive, the EM drive, which is a kind of a microwave type of a drive. Uh, there's the mock effect, which Jim Woodward has been postulating and working on and getting contracts for. And you've got this whole space-time engineering thing, which uh, which Hal seems to believe is the right way to go. So I, I think we'll shortly have something extraordinary that, that makes us leap, leaps and bounds ahead. Whether it's there today already, I, if I had hazard a guess, I'd say it's probably buried deep in some program or some privatized program someplace. You know, I can, see, I can see that happening very, very well. I mean, I think, honestly, Einstein knew there was an error in his equations back in the 30s and 40s when he had written it, you know, and he probably purposely left the error in there so that because uh, he saw his, his uh, equals MC squared, he saw that turned into a weapon and he probably didn't care much for it. I'm just, I hate to speak for him because I, I, I don't know for fact what he thought, but. Jan Harzan, Gene Steinberg. Mark Jackson, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, 
and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-506-6740. 800-506-6740. That's 800-506-6740. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Thank you, Jan. We're progressing here. You know, Jan Harzan has become such a good purveyor of the Paracast stinger. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's up there with such people as Nick Redfern. That's an elite category all by itself right there. And Gene, let me take a moment for our audience. Jan, thank you so much for coming on last minute. Like Gene just said, you've you've been a kind of a, we've really been able to rely on you. Appreciate the late notes. Everybody listening, Jan did us a a real solid here today. Anyway. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Mark. And Gene. Always enjoy talking to you guys. You see, Jan is a mensch. Now, he knows I'm not 100% in agreement with everything he does or some things that MUFON might do, but he's a mensch. And it's hard to find people like that in this crazy, crazy world where people have no idea beyond screaming at each other in order to resolve disagreements. Well, we just have to remember we're all on the same team. (laughs) We all want want this to happen. Especially now. I mean, the big takeaway for me, you guys, from this program Originally in my show notes was here, okay, are we collectively behind ATIP and Luis Elizondo, or are we a part of that faction that is going to push back against them because they're looked at as spooks, disinformation, et cetera? And Jan, I got to be honest with you, the perspective that you gave the audience, you know, as we go through the show this evening uh, about Lewis has gone a long way for me. I have not had anybody personally vouch for him or come across anybody credible that could vouch for him. But hearing the you say the things that you've said about him as a person, you know, I'm finding myself being a little persuaded here during the course of this conversation. Yeah. I can't say enough good things about he and Chris and uh, Steve and, and uh, Tom, I mean, they're all just great people. I mean, Chris, you know, as uh, deputy secretary of defense under Clinton and Bush, yeah, he worked behind the scenes tirelessly for this country and he's putting his reputation on the line with this whole thing. And then Lou, uh, just a, a, a true soldier in, in every sense of the word, and he is uh, determined uh, to not let 
these guys get them down and, and keep going. So uh, we've got two great people that are working for us. I got to tell you, Jan, let me ask just because there is some, a little bit of conflict that a residual conflict in, in these, uh, the rollout of the Luis Elizondo ATIP program, et cetera. Uh, let's just get Pat something real quick, if you don't mind. Luis Elizondo became affiliated with the To the Stars Academy um, only three days before his resignation, or at least according to the Wayback Machine, uh, if you go on the internet, it was only three days before his resignation that he started affiliating himself with To the Stars Academy. So it seems like Luis had a very planned exit and that he was actually supported by some folks within the military. What's your take on that? Well, actually, I think it's quite the opposite. He he made a decision he was going to leave. And, of course, he, he needed to uh, work all the angles behind on that and his, letter, his resignation letter and everything else. Uh, I believe it was Chris Mellon who picked up the phone and called him. And I, I hate to speak for them because this is really should be their story, but who made him aware of what Tom was trying to do and suggested he get in contact with him. So I, I, I don't think there was any orchestration behind it. I think it was more just, it just happened to fall into it. I mean, I, I have to tell you, when I retired from IBM, it was on July 31st, 2013. And I started with MUFON on August 1st, the very next day, 2013. But I, that was not anything I planned. It just happened that way. It's kind of very strange, but it just did. And it fell into place. So anyone looking at it would say, oh, obviously... He planned to retire so he could take over MUFON. But no, it wasn't that way at all. So that's what I've been told. I mean, if it was orchestrated, I'm fine with that too. But uh, I think it was just, uh, you know, Tom had been working on trying to get something put together for or, or well over a year or two. And I think people were kind of starting to uh, shoot bullets at him because he, he kind of came out saying, I'm going to do this. But then they didn't say anything for quite some time. Uh, but then it all seemed to come together. Because I think once you state what you want to do, you know, Every great thing starts with a thought, you know, they have to have the thought and the spoken speech that we're going to do this and then people rally around it and make it happen. So, hey, I'm just glad they're there. So however it happened is fine with me. You mentioned what Tom was up to, Tom DeLong. I haven't spoken with him. I don't think Gene has either. I I made an attempt to get a hold of his camp to have him come on the show. And um, obviously they're they're up to more important things, at least. That's what I'm starting to believe. That being said, what is Tom up to? Have you spoken to him? What's his agenda, long-term, short-term, uh, how we can help the guy out? I mean, what's going on with Tom and, and to the stars, at least as far as you're concerned? Well, you know, he's the CEO of the uh, of the TTSA right. venture, and, and it's a multi-faceted uh, venture. He's got the entertainment side, which now, of course, the Pentagon is trying to make fun and, and position him as the entertainment company. He's got the uh, science side, which is Hal Putoff, and he's got the technology side, which is Stephen Justice. But he's got he's got a lot on his hands there. And he's trying to create this organization, get funding for it. I know they're working diligently to fund the organization so they have money to do what they want to do. They're working tirelessly with uh, congressional leaders behind closed doors to get things to happen. So yeah, they're very, very busy right now. Very, very busy. And of course, I can just tell you from having done Hangar One, uh, that doing these TV shows, they just totally absorb every minute of your day. It's uh, it's they're they're. Uh, let me put it this way: you you are going twenty four seven when you when you do a TV show because they're throwing things at you fast and furious because they've got a tight production schedule, and you know you're trying to keep them from going down the wrong path and uh, keep things on the right path. And so I I can imagine he's extremely busy right now. 
Are you expecting any announcements from To The Stars Academy in the next few months? Have you been privy to any information? I mean, do you have any sense of what the next rollout or how they may respond to the whole ATIP program and the transition of Elizondo into, uh, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, the entertainment sector? Yeah. No, I'm I'm not privy to anything in particular, but... um... You know, I, I think as far as you say any announcements, I did ask the question specifically about will we be seeing any more, you know, videos and things like that. And they honestly they said, well, look, you know, you guys can go FOIA the Pentagon just as easily as we can. He says, so you've kind of seen what we're going to do. We're, we're going down a different path. And I think they want to go get this congressional backing and, and funding. Um, they want to kind of empower our government to, I think, take a lot of the stuff back and start managing it, uh, which I think is a good thing. Um, so I think that's where their efforts are going right now that they're trying to, we've got five more episodes of, uh, unidentified. They're going to be trying to peel apart different pieces and parts. We'll see how, how well that all comes together. Uh, I know they're going to test some crash saucer wreckage and things like that. And, uh, I hope they can come up with something new. We we've tried that several times, um, you know, doing material analysis on supposed pieces of crash saucers and, we don't find anything extraordinary in it, but it goes back to, again, something we talked earlier on the show is what, it, what if the universe is ubiquitous? In other words, these elements are everywhere. And so if they built it someplace else, just because they brought it here, or, or did they build a ship here? I mean, could they have built a ship here? Um, these craft that seem to crash <laughs> everywhere. Um, I don't know. Those are good questions. But I, I think you know, we're going to see five more shows. I think they're going to try to uh, feed out this stuff in a logical um, well thought out manner and uh, hopefully they'll get a second season out of it. I mean, television's fickle. If you don't bring in the ratings, you don't get the next dance. So uh, that's what it seems to be all about. (laughs) I think the reason that UFOs crash is because like we do here with our military contractors, we accept just as ET does the lowest bidder. That's very possible. Sure. But we're talking about here, where a secret may be kept. And we're going to do a break in a few moments. Where a secret might be kept. And the original assumption, of course, way back when, was that the government holds the secret. There might be a secret agency. But look what we're doing with the space program. We're farming out a lot of this stuff to private industry, like SpaceX, uh, Jeff Bezos, all these other people. And imagine then what happens if the running of the so-called silence group, the organization that has any alleged secret of UFOs, is done privately, moved to private industry. That would probably make it almost impossible to figure out who it is. You know, we can possibly get information from the government, but once private industry has it, it's locked tight. we got more to come with Jan, Gene, and Mark. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in Germany right now, it's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals, and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But soon, you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps. The ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid, mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other rv or trailer bold statement you bet see them now at survivalistcamps.com that's survivalistcamps.com trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com we'd like to hear from you if you have a comment or question about the paracast send it to news at the paracast.com that's news at the paracast.com and don't forget to visit our famous paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com so my 
question of Jan Harzan of MUFON in the last segment was about whether, if there is a secret, if they have secret, guilty knowledge of UFOs, that's been sent off to private industry. What do you think? Well, I think a lot of this stuff has been privatized. I, I really do. I mean, that's not foyable, right? So if you put it into a private corporation or, 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 or even a uh, non-governmental employee, a, a contractor, if you will, a contractor, you're not going to get any information if you FOIA it. So I think that's a good way to, to you know, a tool they may use to keep some of the stuff uh, out of the, uh, the the prying eyes of people. They don't want to see it. <laughs> Let's put that Yeah, way. and so that, that brings up a couple of things here, Janet Jean. So the first one I would bring up is Robert Bigelow. And uh, I wrote a small blog about his database at uh, deepspacepod.com, my site. But I mean, look, nobody has more on the private side or non-government and military side than Robert Bigelow. And I, I wrote a little article about Robert Bigelow's disclosure because mm-hmm. there was anybody that had some disclosure that would be valuable. I thought it would, might be him considering his contracts, his involvement with ATIP, et cetera. So, you know, we're talking about private contractors. We're talking about going into space. Where is Robert Bigelow in all of this? He's building inflatable habitats and making lots uh, of money. Well, you know, that's what the government, <laughs> he yeah. would like us to think, right? I mean, what's the, what's the cheapest form of uh, aerospace industry? Inflatable balloons. You know, I mean, I just don't, I just don't buy it. There, there's something else going on there. So I guess when you guys are talking about, you know, how do we move forward? Is there a secret space program or farming this stuff out to these private corporations, et cetera? You know, I think privatizing this technology is more dangerous than having it in the public discourse. Well, yeah, that's a whole nother discussion in and of itself. But let me answer your first question. I mean, you know, Robert Bigelow, there's nobody who's, in my opinion, I, I don't see everybody's bank accounts, but there's nobody who spent more money of his own personal money studying the UFO subject than Robert Bigelow. Uh, that's uh, why he knows more than the rest of us, of course. Right. And he's employed many of these people that we've talked about on the show, uh, including Jacques Vallée, uh, to actually do research for him because he can afford to do it and he can afford to pay these guys. So, yeah, he's he's been trying to say this for years to find out what's going on. I do think he's making uh, I wasn't being funny about it. I, I think this whole uh, inflatable thing is I think that's going to be the big business in the future, because you think about it when you travel to Mars or something like that, if it's going to take you two years to get there. Hopefully it won't, but if it takes two years to get there or six months to get there, you're going to have some guy sit in a tiny little capsule for six months. It just wouldn't work. You need to have something bigger so they can carry this up there, inflate it, and drag it on behind the the main capsule as a habitat for people to live in. And then, of course, at some point, you're going to have, I won't call them hotels in space, but you'll have, you know, platforms you can go up and maybe spend a day or two as as a civilian and observe the earth and float around and do your thing, whatever they'll call that. So I, I think it's a viable business for him, and and uh, hats off to him. He he took his own private money to to start all that and do it all, and it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion it would be successful. So he spent hundreds of millions of dollars of his own money to create that business. What he's doing currently in the UFO field, I really don't know. Um, he went dark on us about ten years ago, and it's kind of like he's doing his thing. <laughs> That's all I can say. I know nothing more than that. And the question is here: Is there an ulterior motive there? Does he want to get technology that he could sell? Well, it doesn't seem like he has a commercial interest. Then again, maybe he's a silence group after all. Well, I, I would say I don't, I don't know if it's any of that. I, you know, I think the UFO field, you know, we, we love to feed on ourselves, you know, and, and uh, I think people are stepping away and saying, I don't want to have anything to do with that UFO field. You know, I think that might be some of the positioning you're seeing with, with, with To the Stars is that 
they look at all the cantankerousness that goes on in the UFO field and they say, why do we want to go with those folks? You know, the real population we want to get to are the 7 billion other people on this planet. So let, let's focus our attention there. Let's, let's educate them. Let's get them on board. Let's get those scientists working on this. Uh, that'll advance as much further than going with a bunch of conspiracy theorists who want to run around and eat each other. So, I mean, that's just my two cents. I don't know, but I would think that's probably one reason why you don't see much of Robert actively involved in the UFO field today. But I'm just thinking because uh, about um, Bigelow and the way that we are privatizing this. Uh, my concerns lie in the fact that we're privatizing a lot of this frontline interaction with this so-called phenomena. Uh, companies have agendas, et cetera. It seems like if there was one issue that we would want to hold tight to the chest, so to speak, as a civilization, would be our contact or interactions with another, you know, with other entities out there in space. So, you know, hopefully the uh, man, if I could call it enough from a nuts and bolts approach, hopefully first contact will not occur with corporations. I guess that's my point. Well, that's really up to all of us, though, isn't it? As citizens, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. that's why I said, you know, I, we don't have a CE5 program in MUFON, but I mean, it's it's getting out there and trying to interact with these uh, intelligences uh, in, in, a, in a reasonable way. Um, Joseph Burks, uh, Dr. Joseph Burks, who was one of the original CE5 guys, is a MUFON uh, state section director up in Northern California. He'll be speaking at our symposium coming up in July at the uh, Hotel Irvine here in Southern California. And he's going to be talking about human-initiated contact uh, experiences. So, you know, I, I think it's really up to us to, to reach out, just like it's up to us to go across the street and shake hands with our neighbor who's from another country that maybe is looked at as being an adversary of the United States, and, and uh, create that relationship, you know, if it's, if it's possible. I don't know if it's possible to have a relationship with someone who's a million years more advanced than you or a thousand years, but, but we ought to be trying, at least. I know it's also a fact that you don't want to talk to a cockroach. And maybe you'll want to have a conversation with your dog. But to an advanced race, maybe we're not more than that. A primitive animal. They've progressed far beyond us, so they have nothing to say to us. And maybe they're just having fun at our expense. Yeah, I mean, look, man, we got, uh, we got how many billions of people on this planet? Somebody is going to have or be more in line with I mean, look, it's just a statistical thing. Somebody on this planet is going to be more in line and able to communicate with somebody if, in fact, there's other entities out there. The problem for me is if this thing is real, they're blinking in and out, et cetera. We got corporations and low orbit, you know, all this sort of stuff. My, my problem is I don't think that, well, let me take that back, you guys. If there's an advanced uh, intelligence out there, they're going to see through all the BS of our government and our media and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully we're the cockroaches from that perspective because we could we have a lot of growing up to do. Now, that being said, I would hate for a corporation or a specific individuals to speak for us as a the community of Earth. Right. So I think that's kind of where I was saying earlier, uh, Jan, is. Man, the citizenship, it, it, look, if we're taking this at face value, we're just going way out on the limb and, and you're already there. Frankly, I feel myself crawling over into that space. Also, okay, this thing's real. Let's speculate. Do we, how do we introduce ourselves as a civilization? Or maybe they've been observing us and they've made a wholesale judgment on us already, which is even scarier. What do you guys think? Well, I would think it would be the latter. I think they know pretty much everything they need to know about us. <laughs> what does E.T. think about us if there's an E.T. visiting us? Then again, maybe 
we have already contacted E.T., and we didn't know they were E.T. because they made themselves look like humans if they're not humanoid. Think about that. Hmm. I'll have to talk to my co-host here. No, no. We have Jan, Mark, and Gene. I put myself last that time. You're in. The Paracast. Listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNlife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNlife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump says he won't impose tariffs on goods imported from Mexico on Monday because Mexico has, quote, agreed to take strong measures to stop the flow of Central American migrants into the United States. Mexico insisted that the U.S. contributes to the root cause, poverty and violence, which is why people are trying to get to the United States. The internal watchdog for the Homeland Security Department visited four facilities. They say inspectors found serious risks. In California, nooses were found in detainees' cells and also inadequate medical care. In New Jersey, there was spoiled food and moldy bread. Both of those locations had unusable toilets and mold in the bathrooms. The report says ICE has taken steps to correct the problems. This is USA Radio News. I weighed 329 pounds. I was a heart attack waiting to happen. I got Andro 400. It makes me not so hungry. I started noticing more energy. I noticed my belly was starting to shrink up. I started seeing weight come off. 80-some pounds. I went from 330 to 245. For a 56-year-old guy to lose that much weight, it took something, brother. I feel great. I feel like I was when I was 35 years old. That was Ruben. Now listen to what Josh says about Andro 400. Well, I'll tell you, man, that stuff really works. It was insane. I've heard the commercials walk for a decade. I was like, I'm just going to try it. My pants are like falling off. It really works. I bought suits last year for my new job and they're falling off of me. It's insane. Guys, if you want to lose belly fat, gain energy, strength, and muscle, and look and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. That's 888-400-0435. andro400.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, 
Do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, E.T.'s attitude towards us, Jan Harzan, go on, please. Yeah, I wish I knew. Well, I think, you know, if obviously if they're here to harm us, I think we'd be gone a long time ago, so I don't think they're here to destroy us anyway. But, you know, you could have a theory that says it's more the Trojan horse. You know, we're going to slowly migrate you over time to, to, to our liking, uh, which may not be a bad thing. I mean, considering how our, our general pastime here on this, on this planet is killing each other, um, we need to move away from that. We need to move into more of, a, of, a, of helping each other and taking care of each other rather than killing each other. So I, I don't know. I think, I think they perceive us as probably, you know, an up-and-coming civilization and and uh, where they can help us, they will, and uh, where they can't help us, they won't. Um, I think, but I think most of all, we have to do it on our own. We're not going to be shepherded uh, by these beings into into a certain era. I mean, it's, we're going to have to come up with our with it ourselves. I think that's my that's my gut feel. I don't really know. Uh, I don't think anyone really knows. Uh, I know there's books written about this, and there's people uh, claiming to have talked to these beings and and have the plan. But uh, from what the data we're collecting right now, it's it's. Uh, advanced intelligences that are non-human interacting with us and it's it, that's pretty much where it's at gene how is this different from the slow disclosure events previously i mean both of you probably have more experience than i do but look this isn't the first time that we thought disclosure was going to get rolled out rapidly in front of us so what makes this so different from the previous uh sort of expectation management i guess uh, of these past disclosure or quasi uh, disclosure disclosure events from your perspective gene what is different fundamentally here than what has happened previously i think right now the biggest thing that's different now is the fact that the mainstream media the new york times the old gray lady the washington post take it seriously tv shows are taking it seriously even look and i'm not necessarily in their camp, look at one of these conservative firebrands like Tucker Carlson. You know, he's kind of like Bill O'Reilly. He's, you know, brings on people he disagrees with and yells at them. He brings on somebody about UFOs, Leslie Kane, Nick Pope, Lou Elizondo. He's straight and serious. And that's tell you something because it means I think he's seriously interested. So what we see that's different now is portions of the media that may in the past have laughed about or ignored it are taking it seriously. When Hillary Clinton, running for president, said she was interested in UFOs and wanted to look into it, she was on TV shows admitting it. We didn't hear the other side saying, oh, she's a space snake, she is a propeller head, she has a tinfoil hat. 
they let that go. That's different. Yeah, yeah I've experienced the same thing, Gene. I, I, I just got a call from a reporter from the New Yorker magazine. It's a liberal magazine, but it's 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 one of the bigger ones. Uh, Politico, all, all these publications, and and I think even news stations are taking this seriously. You don't see the giggle factor. You don't see the the need to have the debunker after they have uh, you know a Lou Elizondo talk. They don't bring on you know the follow on to Philip Class to explain why what the man just said isn't real. So I think we've we've moved the ball considerably, you know, we, they, whoever did, but we've moved it considerably from where it was just five years ago. That's what excites me about it is that we do have our our, our major media now talking intelligently about the subject, questioning, uh, bringing people on from our government to talk about it. Uh, We've got people writing intelligently about it. And there's a small wave of disinformation starting to to seep in, but I think that's going to play itself out over time. Or maybe it never will. I mean, I think disinformation has been with us since <laughs> since day one, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about what's happening. Jen, is there any movement on the international scale uh, with this, you know, rollout of the ATIP program? Have anybody contacted you via MUFON from other countries, press, et cetera? What are what is you said earlier? It was mostly a, a United States phenomena. Has has the needle moved at all? You know, from your perspective, with our larger Earth community. I think so. Uh, but what surprised me is I got the opportunity to speak about 12 months ago down in, in, in Brazil. A.J. Guevara had me down for one of his conferences. And the people down there really aren't getting the kind of news coverage, or at least they weren't then, of this. And so everything I told them about the, the TTSA and the ATIP program and uh, the kind of press coverage that's getting out in the United States, they were surprised to see how, how widespread it was back in that day. If you remember a year ago or a year and a half ago when it was all over the news and just uh, going crazy. But I think I think they're all moving along. I mean, I know one of the things AJ Gavard is going to talk about when he speaks at our conference here in Irvine in, in July twenty seventh eighth is going to be about the Brazilian government and the, and how they have really uh, stepped up releasing documents and backing the fact that these UFOs are here and they're not ours. So um, I think it's happening. I'll also be in uh, Barcelona, Spain, speaking at the Ufology uh, World Congress in September. I think it's sixth, seventh, and eighth. Uh, and we're going to be probably talking about this subject there as well. So I think it's it's out there. The French have been way ahead of a lot of people on this thing. In fact, some people thought the French government might be the first ones to release it. And maybe in some sense, that's what's forcing the hand of the folks now uh, is they realize if they don't hurry up and do something, some other government's going to beat them to the punch. And just like the Russians beat us to space with Sputnik, uh, we don't want to be beat to uh, the UFO punch uh, or UAP punch, which is they prefer to call it. By another country. Why would that be now, though, Jan? Yeah, other countries could have beat us to the punch here in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and we're feeling pressure. What's what is that bubbling force behind all this that you think might be adding that pressure? I mean, look, if the amount of cases have stayed the same, etc., there has to be an invisible hand at work here. So for me, I still struggle to find out what the invisible hand is here. I mean, what is driving this? Well, I think there's a lot of things. I don't, I don't know that it's an invisible hand. I think you've got all these exoplanets, the now Earth-like exoplanets being found. Uh, we're, in, I think, in the hundreds. And for exoplanets, we're in the thousands. Uh, you've got that whole thing going on. People are going to be pretty clear that there's other planets that look very much like Earth out there. So why wouldn't they have life on it? Uh, you've got these private space companies about to put uh, you and I in space. I mean, the people, you know, the, the civilian public in space. 
um, once we get up there and we're floating around and we're seeing stuff going zipping by, we might say, hey, where'd that, what was that? I didn't, <laughs> what was that thing that went by? Or if we're on the moon and living in one of our inflatable hotels or whatever, whatever we've got up there to live in, and, and we start seeing structures that uh, are questioning, like, where did that structure come from? I don't know. It, it, I think we're just at that point in our evolution where something's going to break somewhere and they aren't going to be able to hide it. So we might as well start feeding it out to the public. That's my sense, but it could, could be something as simple as, hey, a couple guys worked on a project called ATIP, and they decided that you know it was time for this information to come out. Uh, they were tired of trying to take it internally to the people, uh, the beings, uh, the people running the program and getting nowhere with them. So the only way to, to do it would be to go public with that information and basically force the hand of Congress and, and the people in government to do, actually do something about it. I mean, there is a big stigma about the subject and a lot of people don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole because it's got that ufo stigma to it you know the tinfoil hat the the crazy guy a lot of it maybe was actually kept under wraps not so much because we were trying to hide the technology but because uh people didn't want to go to their boss and say hey you know what we've got these things flying around and we don't know what they are we don't know where they're from we don't know how they work but they're out chasing our jets out flying our jets and running circles around them because what's the commanding officer going to say at that point? He's going to say, well, go figure out what the heck they are. <laughs> go do something about it, right? Well, it may not be that easy to go do something about it. I, I don't know. There's a lot of different theories on why it is what it is. I'm just happy that it is. Well, I think, Jan, I- I'm in your camp as well. Well, there's enough here. And, and there's enough uh, uh, ancillary, or I would say in parallel efforts, exoplanets, discovery of life on other planets. I mean, look, NASA at any day could roll out the fact that they found life on another planet. Okay, I could see a conflict existing between NASA and the military. So maybe NASA or the military wants to meet meet NASA to the punch to say, yeah, we already knew about this and we're prepared for it. In fact, that you know, we've escalated this, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so my point was it was interesting between who's going to roll this thing out first. And it looks like the government beat NASA. And that's something that's interesting. Whatever's happening, it's a sure thing. We live in fascinating times. And it's possible before I'm gone, we'll hear something that is a final answer. We've got more to come. One more segment with Jan Harzan and Gene and Mark. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state. 
until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. About six months ago, my wife bought Extendivite. She didn't tell me she was giving it to me. So after about three days, I said, maybe, you know, maybe the weather's changed or something. I said, my, my, my legs feel really good. And she goes, well, I've been giving you this stuff, and it was the Extendivite. And you know that I'm about 75% better. I can actually climb stairs now, and I can get up out of chairs. I can, I can even get down, and, you know, I got to work under a table or a computer table and work on a computer. I can actually get back up off the floor. You know what? It's an amazing product. I can't believe I didn't think anything short of having surgery was going to help. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. In our final segment, I want to kind of move away from that and maybe talk about a gentleman who's no longer with us, someone I knew for like 40 years or so, not as a close friend, but one of these convention acquaintances and email acquaintance that was Stanton Friedman. So, Jan, when did you first meet Stan Friedman? Oh, gosh, it was probably back in the uh, mid-90s at a MUFON symposium. You know, he spoke at more MUFON symposiums than any other speaker. I used to laugh because Stan had pretty much a standard presentation he did, and it was all in the slide format. And it was about 20 years later, we were having him at another symposium, and he still had slides. Everyone else had moved over to PowerPoints. And I suggested to him, hey, Stan, you know, it might be easier for you. 
instead of carrying the slide set around, you put this on the on the PowerPoint. He says, well, I don't know how to do that. I said, well, just someone will do it for you. Just ask them to do it. They'll do it. It's pretty simple. You know, he's just been just a, such a great gentleman. And uh, I can't think of anyone who's done more for this field, moving things along in his life. Uh, 52 years of traveling through airports and UFO conventions and sitting at tables and greeting people and signing autographs in his books and hearing stories from people. Uh, just a real total gentleman and, and a, a researcher and a star in my mind. Actually, it was supposed to be his last speaking engagement at the MUFON Symposium. And in some sense, it will be because uh, we're going to do a tribute to him on Saturday night. I've got his uh, cousin or nephew coming in who uh, did a film on Stan called uh, Chasing Flying Saucers, the Stanton Friedman story. We're going to show that and give people an opportunity to have open mic and uh, just to honor and do a tribute to Stanton Friedman. Just a tremendous gentleman. Is that Paul Kimball? It's Paul Kimball. Right. That's his nephew. Yes. He's going to come down for Canada. He's going to give a little talk about Stan and, and the movies he's put together. Because he's done, he's done more than one movie on Stan. Then we'll show the one film, which is about four to eight minutes, and then have an open mic for people to come up and talk about their experiences with Stan. I think it'll be a very touching time. Now, of course, there are people who disagree with Stan, as I did on a number of issues like MJ-12 and such. But I think the thing that Stan brought to the field is the fact that he got a lot of people acquainted with the fact that something weird is going on. And maybe, like I said, we heard the same speech over and over again. Maybe there were a few things there where he went a little too far into accepting things. But in general, I can't imagine how many people over those decades learned there was something real about UFOs from this guy. Yeah, he was one of the first ones to uh, proclaim UFOs are real. That was his, that was his tagline. And uh, what did we hear just recently from, from the Pentagon, from the ATIP program? UFOs are real. So, yeah, he had a right for all those years. Yeah, and I've got to tell you what, the fact that he passed so closely to this disclosure has an element to it that I can't even describe. Because here's a man who was waiting for validation his whole life. He passes and then all this happens. I, I, you know, is him as a pioneer of nuts and bolts, uh, you know, uh, explanation or theory to all this, I'd say the guy is pretty darn validated today, or at least we stand within this conversation. I would agree, Mark. Well, however it turns out, whatever they exactly. are, and he, he thought there were spaceships and they go into, oh, whatever is going to happen is going to happen with these different attitudes, different viewpoints about what is visiting us, what attitude they take towards us how we'd react to them, all the things that he was thinking about. And it all goes back to the same thing here. He allowed us to take it seriously because he was a real scientist. He wasn't somebody who made up his degree, as a few people were out there. We have a few people who have made up degrees, credentials. He came in here, the genuine nuclear physicist, and he said, here's something that we've got to look at, and where do we go from here? You can honor him by observing that he died with his boots on. He was coming back from a lecture at the airport, doing his thing. To the very last day, he was doing his thing. Exactly. You're absolutely right, Gene. It's just incredible. The amount of time he spent out on the road, away from his family, uh, because he was so passionate about this subject. Yeah, he's just uh, a hero in my eyes, and and we'll all miss him here at MUFON and the UFO public in general so and i would only add you guys that as this thing plays itself out and as we uh, speculate here today it's looks like to me that stanton is going to become a u.s hero at some point if this thing plays itself out the way it does 
Very possibly. Very possibly. You know, of all the speakers I've ever had, because I've, I've been involved in about nine or ten of these symposiums, actually from the putting the program together, but pretty much the only speaker I ever got phone calls from, from people who wanted to just hear him, that's all they wanted to do. I want to come hear Stan, Stan Friedman, was amazing to me, uh, you know, just just amazing to me. I must have heard him speak 25 or 30 times, so I, I, <laughs> I got my share of Stan, but I, it, it was like the people just wanted to hear him. Whatever he did, he touched the hearts of many. This day and age, of course, the old guard has gotten older and older. If we're looking to anybody in the field who could go on or take over, if there is anybody, are there any people in this field who might be the next Stanton Friedman? What do you think? Well, I I think we need to be grooming those people. We need to be bringing them along. We need to uh, reach out and and grab them. And I think there are some young, uh, hard-charging and middle-aged people who who could pick up the banner and could carry it on. The the hard part is, you know, it's not easy to make a living in the UFO field. I, I don't, <laughs> I have people all the time call me up or write me and say, hey, I want a job. Uh, we don't really have jobs at MUFON because we're all volunteer organization. But, you know, I say, well, you need to probably write a book or go on a speaking circuit or do something like that because that's pretty much the only way you make money in this field. He's one of the few people I know who turned it into uh, a living for his family. So my hat's off to him. It's not an easy, it's not an easy life. Especially if you write books. Yes. Because very few people who write books about anything make much money. I always mention this thing about my old friend Jim Mosley. After so many years, he comes out with this book with Carl Flock, shockingly close to the truth. Something he started in the 1950s, not published till like the early 2000s. He received an advance, both of them, with an agent of $4,000. The way it works in the book industry is, you get an advance against royalties. If the book earns out any additional sale, you get your royalty. If it doesn't, the publisher, of course, takes a loss, but that means that's all you're going to get. I used to write production line books, computer instruction books, like dummies books and things like that over the years. Not the dummies, but you know other types of books like that. And the publishers were smart. They knew how many books I would sell. And they gave me an advance that was very, very close. So, of course, in that case, I didn't earn out. Whatever I got, I knew that would be what I get. But $4,000 for basically a life story from a guy, it's not a lot. And you have to think here, how many UFO books make any more than a couple of thousand dollars for many years' work? It doesn't work that way. Jan Harzen, please give our listeners a quick say, 30-second preview of the MUFON Symposium and where they get a hold of you. Absolutely. Well, you can reach me here at MUFON headquarters at exe.dir at MUFON.com, executive director at MUFON.com. The symposium this year is being held uh, July 26th, 7th, and 8th at the Hotel Irvine in Irvine, California. We have a dozen terrific speakers, including Paul Heineck, John Schusler, James Penniston, uh, who, of course, is one of the few people I know who's ever touched a UFO. A.J. Gavard, Dr. Michael Masters, who's got his anthropological and biological degrees and, and has an interesting theory on where these things might be coming from. Dr. Joseph Burks, Lynn Katai, Paul Davids, Adam Curry, and Klaus Fahn. Klaus Fahn, of course, is the chairman of the AFU in Sweden, which collects information on all sorts of strange things and, and wondrous things. And he'll be sharing some uh, of his UFO stories with us as well. We've also got six uh, exciting uh, special events. I'd encourage you to go, including the Apollo 11 exhibit at the Nixon Library, 
experiencer workshops, FI training, and a, and a youth program we're putting on as well as speaker panels. Go to MUFONSymposium.com. That's M-U-F-O-N Symposium.com. And you've got all the information there in front of you. Thank you. You can find us on Twitter. Look for the PowerCast. Look for the PowerCast fan clubs over on Facebook. Look for the PowerCast Plus. It's where you can get this show free at the network ads. The people on YouTube who complain about them. Better quality audio. Plus the After the PowerCast podcast where you never, ever, ever know what's going to happen next. And sometimes we don't either. For more information on how to sign up, with prices starting at just $1.49 a week, Go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com, plus dot theparacast.com to get more info. Jan Harzan, once again, he's a mensch. With very, very short notice, he came on. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Mark. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.